Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. As I was praying about today, I kind of had several chunks of scripture in my head, and and I was kind of wrestling with which way to go. Um, I really was. I, I had two sections. I had one in Second Chronicles. I had one in Exodus, and none of them were really like getting to like what I what I really felt right. And and so they're they're good. They're good passages of the Bible. Those just don't. I didn't discount them or throw them away. They're still good, and they'll probably come up in a future message at some point. But as I was praying and 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 sharing this week, somebody sent us a um, a passage of scripture. And, uh, and Ellie and I were reading it and praying through it and listening to it. And it was like it connected all the dots of what I really felt in my heart for us. And so I, I, I'm going to share this today. And, and I think it's really cool because it's actually a story. And we all love stories. And so hopefully out of this story, we can pull what God wants to do in our lives. Okay, This section of scripture is out of Acts 3. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 19. And uh, I'm going to read some scripture and then make some comments and so that you can follow along in your Bibles or on the notes. But Acts 1 or Acts 3 and verse 1 says this. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple for a time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. This wasn't out of the ordinary. This is just what he did. He begged for money. And Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. Now, if you're begging for money and you're desperate for money and someone says, hey, look at me, you know that you are looking. What are they gonna give me? Are they gonna, are they gonna give me money? Well, Not necessarily. So he turned to them expecting something, but Peter and John said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. I want you to think about this for a second. This guy, lame from the time he was born, this guy had never walked never skipped, never jumped, never climbed a tree, never fallen out of a tree. None of that. And they say, get up and walk. I wonder how much he thought that that was just a crazy idea. No, you don't, you don't understand. What I need is money. And you're not meeting that need. But instead they threw something completely different into the mix. So then taking him by the hand, he raised him up and at once his feet and ankles became strong. Passage in that scripture, that that, the wording in there that's so powerful, at once, at once. At once, the Greek for it means right away. You guys have to know I do this from time to time. I mean, you just got to roll with me here. Immediately. 
So he jumped up and started to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people that saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him that he was the one who used to sit beside and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. The first thing about this story that I want us to pull out of this piece is to put ourselves in the position of the lame man, okay? The lame man who had never walked, he'd never moved, his legs had never worked. Are there some things in your life that you feel like have never worked? Some things that just are, you don't feel have just ever been right, Maybe it's a chronic pain. Maybe it's a chronic illness. Maybe it's something in your family that has just always been dysfunctional. It has never been right. But the powerful thing is that in this moment, what we see in the lame man is that he was desperate. He was desperate. He was desperate. In our lives, there is a, an attitude of desperation that we need to have for God. There's an attitude of saying, I have nothing and I need him. There's a desperation that needs to take over our souls and our minds and our spirits. A desperation that says, if I don't meet with God, I'm missing it. If I don't have the spirit of God in me, I'm incomplete. The lame man was desperate. But here's the thing about this. Is the lame man, even though he was desperate, he settled for a desperation for what he thought he needed. He had settled for his solution to the problem. His desperation was for the very little bit that he thought he needed. What happened that day is God encountered him and spoke into his world. I said, listen, I'm going to answer your desperation. I see your desperation. I see the cry of your heart, but I'm not going to answer it necessarily in the way that you think. I'm here to tell you today that God is here to answer the desperation of your heart. He's here to meet with those longing parts of your heart, the questions you've asked, the things where you've wrestled to figure out, is God even real? I'm desperate for something. I'm desperate for a move of God, but I don't know what it means. And I don't know how all of this is supposed to look. I want you to know that God is here to answer the desperation of your heart. But this is what's so cool about God is that his answer was different than what the man expected, but it was so much Better. This is, this is the point. God's answer meets our deeper need. God does not just come to meet your surface level need. He comes to meet the deep need. He comes to meet the thing that is at the root, the heart problem. We see this all through the Bible. Jesus came and they expected him to do one thing, but what was he there to do? He was there to save their souls. They thought, they thought, you're the king. You're going to overthrow the Romans. Thank goodness somebody's going to save us from the Romans. And he goes, no, no, you're missing the whole point. I am here to save you, but I'm going after the deeper work. I'm saving your heart for eternity, not your momentary life from a Roman tyranny. So he meets us at this deeper place. If we hold too tightly to seeing God move in a certain way, 
the potential is there to miss what he's actually doing. To miss what he actually wants to put into our lives. To miss what he wants to speak to us in the middle of our questions and our wondering. Now what happens after this is that Peter gets up. And Peter was so cool because we remember Peter. Kids, do you guys remember Peter, the fisherman? Right? Remember, remember Jesus called him, right? And, and what do we know about Peter? Was, was Peter always really, really good with his words? No. Is he kind of a loud mouth? Was he a little proud? Yeah, was he a little arrogant? You know, there was that one time when Jesus had to go, hey, get behind me, Satan. I wouldn't like that. Right? So Peter, this, this loud mouth fisherman, he stands up and he has this conviction and he says, guys, listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you because what had happened is the people were astonished that God had moved. And he challenges and he says, why are you astonished? Why are you astonished? Like, why does God performing a miracle and moving on someone's half astonish you? Why does it blow your mind? Why is it so hard to believe? He said, this is, this is not our power at work. This is his power. The guy who you killed, and remember he rose again on the third day and the miracles that he performs in your life. Why are we surprised that he moves? This is what I have to say to us as one life and to speak into our faith. We should not be astonished when God moves. We should expect him to move. And we should know that he's the God of miracles. We should know that he will blow our greatest expectation or thought or anything we can possibly think or imagine. The very fact that you're here is a miracle. It is not an accident. You aren't a mistake that just took place. You are on purpose and you are a miracle. Every person. So God moves in these ways. Corey Ten Boom says this. This is such a powerful quote. She says, we must not be too amazed when God performs miracles. Think about that for a second. That's amazing. Wow, you got healed from cancer. That shouldn't amaze us too much because he's the God who controls all of it. He's the great physician. He's the one who, who holds all power and all authority over our physical bodies, over our minds, over our, our emotions, over our wills. He's the one who, who reigns supreme. So we got to believe that when we see things take place in, in life, it's to be expected. It's to be expected. Kids, I, I want you to hear this from me this morning. You should expect God to speak to you. You should expect to hear his voice. You're not too young. You're not just waiting until you're a grown-up and then you'll have it all figured out. There's the boy in the Bible whose name was Samuel. He served in the temple. He was a kid. And God came and spoke to him. And it was a word that ultimately changed the trajectory of that nation. Believe, this, this is for all of us, but I'm just talking to the kids for a second. I want you to believe that God has a word for you. I want you to believe that he sees you. 
You're not second rate. He's not waiting until you're a grown-up. Right now, he wants to speak to you. I want you, legends, believe that. Believe God can speak to me right now. I can hear his voice right now. I can pray and I can see people healed right now. God wants to speak to you. We shouldn't be too surprised. So then what happens? After Peter reprimands everybody, which I'm sure was just a wonderful experience <laughs> and scary, you know, what are they going to do? You know, like, it's just not a, not a good thing. He jumps down here and he says, now listen, 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 listen. You should not be astonished at the moving of God. You should not be surprised when God moves. So, verse 19, therefore, therefore, because all of this, repent and churn back so that your sins may be wiped out. He says, he says listen, I want you to repent. Now, this, this word repent here is this really, really cool word called metanoia. And metanoia simply means this. It's to change the way you think about the way you think. To change how you process. So what's Peter saying? He's saying, listen, you shouldn't be astonished when God moves, but you should repent, allow your mind to be changed by the Holy Spirit to have a heart of faith that says, I know my God can move and I know he can come through. And so I'm just gonna take him at his word and believe him. And without doubt and without reservation, I'm gonna take him at his word. If he says he's gonna do something, he's gonna do it. If God's spoken something in your life, I want to tell you, he is going to do it. Yeah. If he's made a promise on your behalf, he is going to do it. And so he says, repent, shift your thinking, shift, shift your thinking. Now, why? What's the result of this? This is where I land. And this is the word that God's put in my heart for our church. As we allow the Holy Spirit to change the way we think about him, and his moving, and his hand at work inside of us. As we change that, this is what the promise is. Peter says this in the next verse, verse 20. Repent, turn back from your sins, they may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This is my pastoral word of faith and what I want to prophesy and declare over one life, that today there is an unlocking of a season of refreshing. There is an unlocking for a season of refreshing over your life over your marriage, over your family, over your kids. There is a season of refreshing over, over your extended family, over things that you've been believing for. There's a season of refreshing where you've been burned out and worn down and beat up by the enemy. I'm here to declare today that there is a season of refreshing that is coming to you. We believe that. So what's, what's the goal? Like, like how, do we, how do we do this? What Peter said is so true. We have to come, repent, say, God, I, I think I've looked at things maybe a little bit off. And maybe I've had some desperation, but I don't know if my full desperation has been for you. So Father, today I come and I, I repent and I ask 
that the Holy Spirit would come to change the way I think so that I can see God moving in my life, see him doing great things on our behalf, see him coming and performing miracles and performing signs and wonders in our midst. This is what this is. The blind man had a, or the, the lame man had a desperation, a desperation for God. I think about other sections of the Bible. I think about blind Bartimaeus. And there was a desperation that as Jesus and the disciples passed by, he yelled out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Where I'm at in the middle of my life and what's going on. A cry that says, have mercy on me. And that cry stopped Jesus. And Jesus came and healed him. And there was a season of refreshing that came to that man. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. She was desperate to even touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she did, there was refreshing that came to her body. I think about the friends who lowered the paralytic before Jesus through the roof. There was a desperation that was met with a season of refreshing. And I have this, I'm believing this for you today. I'm believing this for you. For every adult, the oldest person in the room, I'm not showing no show of hands of who that is. The oldest person to the youngest person in the room, believing today that there is a season of refreshing that's coming over your life. What does refreshing mean? Life, fullness, energy, vitality, joy, peace, energy. I said that one. I'll say it again because it's important. Wisdom, understanding, breakthrough, miracles, signs, wonders, healings to take place. There's an expectation for him to move.